Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. In the Bible study, we get some help, really help from the Word of God. And really, we need not just the, the Word of God, but we need the Spirit of God. The Word of God is a tool, but I had a Bible before I got saved. You know what good it did me? It was a good doorstop. You know, you could sit it. You could sit it as an air freshener in the back of your car. You know, people have the Bibles like a spiritual air freshener. Really, it was useless because I didn't read it, but I didn't submit myself to the author of the Bible. And that's where the power comes from. The Bible, our submission of our hearts. Does it just because you're a preacher doesn't mean the Bible's anything to you? But if you submit yourself unto God then you can have power through this word. So, amen. May God help us all to submit to him and his word and get blessed by it. So this grizzly-looking cowboy comes to visit a Florida saloon. And then he walks out and he comes back in furious. And he said, I don't know which one of y'all took my horse, but I'm going to go get one more drink. And when I'm done, it better be back out there tied up to that post or I'll do what I did back in Texas. And everyone's like kind of going, oh. So he sits down at the bar and orders another drink and another cowboy leans over and kind of whisper, hey, partner, you're in Florida now, but what did you do in Texas? And the guy whispered, I walked home. So three Texans, now that we're talking about Texans, they get married, right? Three different girls for three different states. First one marries a girl from Alabama. And he said, look, you're in Texas now. In Texas, women are expected to do the dishes, clean the house, have a meal on the table when the husband gets home. On the first day, he didn't see anything, right? But in a couple of days later, he came home Clean house, meal on the table. Second Texan marries a girl from Kentucky. He tells her, hey, in Texas, women are expected to do the dishes, clean the house, have a meal on the table when the husband gets home. Took a few days. On the fifth day, the husband came home to a clean house, a meal on the table. Third Texan marries a sweet young girl from the Bronx. He says here in Texas, women are expected to do the dishes, clean the house, have a meal on the table when the husband gets home. Well, on the first day, he didn't see anything. On the second day, he didn't see anything. On the third day, he didn't see anything. Now on the fourth day, The swelling had gone down enough in his face where out of his left eye, he could see enough to clear out the dishwasher himself. (laughs) In this second part of the chapter, so in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it's part two, and we dealt with uh, the role of men and women in church and talked some about, it was a hairy issue last Bible study, and and really all of the things that Paul is dealing with, it really is submission to, to God. And 
The second part of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 deals with what we call the Lord's Supper or communion or taking the, uh, the bread and the wine. And there are different names for it and one of the sacraments of the Christian church. And so Paul spends the rest of the time talking about it. So we're going to develop communion. That's really what this Bible is. Develop our communion with God and understand really what this thing is talking about. And I think there's a lot of questions around communion. And let's look to the Word of God and see what it says. Now in this, verse 17, uh, that now in this that I declare unto you, I praise you not. So in the beginning, he was praising them and talking to them about some good things they were doing. And then, and he said in verse 17, but this is a no-go, right? <laughs> he said that you come together not for the better, but for the worse. And let me read two more verses. For first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you. And I partly believe it. You know, sometimes people tell you stuff, but you... You don't heal all the truth. But Paul's like, I believe some of the stuff that I'm hearing. For there must be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. So he says, first of all, when you come together to have church, and in this case, have the Lord's Supper, he said, it's not a blessing. You know, and it really shares with us in verse 17. You know, the things of God can actually make us better. We all know that. I know that. But do you know that the things of God and, and the, the, the church services and about, they can actually make you worse. So, preacher, no. But that's what the Bible says. He said, you're coming together. You say, if we do the things of God right, it works and it makes us better. If we do the things of God wrong, it makes us worse. Uh... The word of God and services, they can soften our hearts. But you know that the same service can also harden our hearts? You know that people can come to church and get hard? You ever talk to someone? I had to go to church my whole life. I'm not going anymore. Well then. <laughs> Say, well, preacher, it wasn't a blessing. Well, it depends on us. And you know, it's been shared. The same sun that melts the wax hardens the clay. It's not the sun that's any different, but it's the material that the sun is working on. And Paul said, you're coming together. It ain't a blessing. And he said, first of all, and he explains why. He said, there are divisions among you. So there were schisms in the church. And what is that? Well, you know, it's supposed to be communion. And they're talking about coming together, right? Communion is right. Uh, one of the words, we were playing cranium, and one of the words was congregation. That's when you congregate, right? You all come together. Well, it was more than just coming together in body. We're supposed to be one in spirit, and we're supposed to be united in God. The Bible says that that unity of the brethren, that God wants the unity of the brethren. So the Bible said it wasn't happening. They were there together. They were like bumping shoulders, but they were far apart. Have you ever had that in a marriage? That you're sitting down at the table and you're all eating the same dinner, but you are not together. <laughs> it's like, we're together. No, we're miles apart. There's barbed wire, concertina wire, fences, and artillery, right? So that's what was happening in the church. There was a no, there was no forgiveness. There was no love. There was, there was contention and people didn't agree with one another. And he said, if... Uh, 
there's divisions among you, he said, then there must also be heresies. Now, heresies, the word heresy, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's evil, okay? A heresy is, uh, it means sect, S-E-C-T-S, sect. And it comes from uh, uh, the, the actual root, which means a nonconformist, a dissenter, someone who doesn't agree, someone who thinks something else. It's not wrong, like if, have you seen those license plates? He's a gator, she's a Seminole, okay? They have different divisions. It's like a divided household, right? A house divided. You see all the stickers? It doesn't matter what kind of football team you like. And I might have offended half of you because of half like the gators and half like the Seminoles. Look, heresies aren't sins, but when they deny what the Word of God says. And the thing that Paul was talking about here probably went to that degree, that there were some people that were being evil because they were denying the teaching of God's word. In what? Maybe they didn't forgive. Maybe they didn't, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's real easy to tell someone else, well, you just need to get, you just need to forgive that person. It's easy to say that when it's someone else. But when it's us that has to do the forgiving, it's a little bit harder, isn't it? When it's us that has to ask for forgiveness, it's a little bit harder. And But Paul said that there were heresies. There were real problems in the church. And he said, uh, verse 20, When ye come together, therefore, into one place, so he's dealing with the church coming together, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. So let me explain. So what they were doing, was not so much communion is they had this kind of like it wasn't a potluck so much they had they called them love feasts right abek abba like it's like agape but it's agapayo or agapai it was a love feast it was like a community feast it talks about it in second peter and it talks about it in jude and if you look at the the root it's just it's uh, the word love and it's just they would come together and have these like church dinners right in the South, they say, dinner on the grounds, right? So they would be coming together, and they would just uh, eat, and it'd be part of the worship, right? But things were having, a, they were having issues with that. So let's look at what the issues were. In verse 21, so they would, in verse 20, it says they would have these like community-type dinners in the church before the Lord's Supper, and then they would kind of transition into the Lord's Supper, which is the communion that we're talking about. It was like one big, one big thing, right? And in verse 21, Paul said there was a problem for in eating, everyone taketh before other his own supper. So some people got there early, just started eating. And in the, the Greek tradition, you'd bring your own food, right? You wouldn't share. It wasn't like a potluck like we have, you know, where everybody, you know, brings something to share. You brought your own food, you ate it like your bag lunch, right? And it says people were just coming in and eating and weren't waiting for someone else. Someone got here 30 minutes early, they just eat their stuff and they'd be good. And it said, and one is hungry because some people were wealthy. They had a lot of food, maybe had servants bringing in the food. Other people, they were day laborers, didn't have, you know, didn't have money and so they wouldn't have any food. So there was no sharing. So some people would come and eat early and they'd have plenty and some people, they'd be hungry. They would just come in and just sit there and watch everybody else eat. I mean, that's a crazy, that's crazy right there. And then it said, another is drunken. Some people would come there and get lit in church. 
So, and this, this means drunken with intoxicated. And Paul, so these heathen feasts had a lot of eating and drinking and sacrifices, and it talks about that in Corinthians. Well, uh, they were kind of beginning to mirror the non-Christian type of feasting and attitudes. And Paul says, all these things are going on. And then he says, hey, in verse 22, what? Have you not houses to eat and drink in? Or despise you the church of God and shame them that have not? Because they weren't helping out people that didn't have food. You know, I, if someone asked me for food, I'm not as big giving money out. But man, if someone's hungry, what if, what if they're lying to you? You know what? That's on them, right? If someone asks me for food, I'm going to try to get someone some food. And if someone says that their kid is hungry, I'll, just me, I'll probably buy something. I'll, I do not like to see someone hungry. Have you ever been hungry? You can't think about anything else. It doesn't matter how much money is in your wallet. It doesn't matter how big your house is, how cool your car is. You just want food, right? I will eat shoe leather, right? I'll chew on an old piece of celery. I will eat a half-rotten apple. But they didn't care in this church. This, y'all, brother, so-and-so, too bad for you, bro. <laughs> and they're eating their you know, turkey leg or something. That's what was going on in church and right before communion too. And he said, what shall I say to you? You know, have you ever been just shocked? Paul's like, what am I going to say? I don't even know what to say. And he said, shall I praise you in this? Shall I say, good job eating your big three-course meal while the other brother has got his stomach grumbling and it's like volume not number 10 and you're just letting him sit there and be hungry. He said, I praise you not. So he gives the design of the Lord's Supper. Verse 23. This is how the communion is supposed to work. And, and I'm thankful Paul isn't there to just rain on someone's parade, but to instruct us. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. So Paul didn't get this from the apostles. Paul didn't get this from a document. Jesus gave him a revelation. I remember years ago, uh, I had a pastor and he said that he was just, and God can do that. And so next Bible study deals with the gifts of the spirit. And one is the revelation, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Well, God will just, and, uh, this is years ago. Maybe this is, I don't know if this is 40 years ago. I mean, I don't even know if the people are alive anymore. That So this is not like anyone that you probably would have even heard of if I announced the names, which I don't know. <laughs> and pastor said he was, this is many, many moons ago. He was looking out in the congregation and the Holy Ghost laid on his heart. That man is sleeping with that woman, you know, that they weren't married. And just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that was a revelation. Say, so why did he tell the pastor? Sometimes God just tells you things, FYI, okay? So uh, Paul got this revelation of the Lord's Supper straight from Jesus to tell the church. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. The same night before he was taken and betrayed by Judas, it was during the Passover, he took bread. And then it said... And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body. This is representative of my body. Some people like to say, well, it becomes the body of Jesus. 
So if Jesus was there, did he rip his skin off? Because that's what he said, right? This is my body. Or when you eat, is stuff coming off Jesus up in heaven? No, it's representative of the body of Christ. And I know that there are different schools on that. That's what we believe and we teach. If you think that it actually is his body, okay. It's not going to change my view of you, but it's representative of the body of Christ. That the Lord, it says, which is broken for you. And then he said, this do in remembrance of me. And that's very important. This is what the Lord suffered. It's to remember the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. And then it said, after the same manner, also he took the cup. And evidently there was one cup. Indiana Jones was looking for this cup. The Holy Grail, right? Look. This was a borrowed cup. I mean, they, they actually borrowed, they borrowed a place to have the Passover. I'm sure all the, the food was already set out, right? And uh, the feast was probably prepared and everything was the Passover. All the Jews celebrated the Passover. This was like, it could have been a Dixie cup from one of those, you know, like fellowship meetings, a plastic, no, it wasn't a plastic Dixie cup. But the cup has no power, okay? The blood of Jesus has power. So... If Indiana Jones found the Holy Grail, you know what the power is in the Holy Grail? Zero. You know what the power is in Jesus Christ? 100%. Amen. Although the movie might have been good, whatever. But After the same manner also, he took the cup, the grail, and when he had supped, saying, when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament. They were at New Testament Corinthian Church. We're at New Testament Christian Church, okay? But that was the New Testament. It's the new agreement. It is the new uh, will, last will and testament. So this old guy, he was, uh, he was sitting in the corner, this old feller. And uh, the family had walked out and one of the attendants, you know, like the attendants, the nurses came in. And was saying, how are you doing? To the old man. And the old man said, you don't have to raise your voice. And the attendant said, I thought you couldn't hear. He said, yeah, I know. I let my family think that. He said, I've changed my will five times. <laughs> so you know that I, when Jesus Christ gave us a new will, the Old Testament had to do with what? The sacrifice of a substitutionary animal, like a lamb, like a bullock. And the New Testament was the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross once, not every year, not every, not every day of atonement. And so it's interesting. So he talks about the blood and the body represented, the, the body was represented by Unleavened bread, which is bread without leaven, which represented sin. So it was flat bread, okay? Nowadays, we'll use like a wafer-looking thing, okay? Is it a sin if you have bread that's raised? Well, it's just not as representative. So they used unleavened bread. That's what we would use, something that's flat without leaven. It looks like a wafer. It tastes like styrofoam, okay? But it's not meant to have peanut butter and jelly on it. You're remembering what Christ did, okay? And the cup, if you look at Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 29, and I'll read it to you. 
He said, but I say unto you, and this is talking about the account where Jesus was at the Last Supper, I will not drink henceforth or any more of this fruit of the vine until the day, that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So what is the cup? Was it intoxicating wine? From what the Bible says here, fruit of the vine is what? Grapes. There's all kinds of juice and and wine is a very broad term in the Bible. It can mean a lot of things. There's new wine. Uh, there's uh, different types of fruit that have that you can have the fruit of the grape, but you can also have wine of a pomegranate. So there's different juices that are described in the same manner. But Jesus said that it was the fruit of the vine. What is that? Grape juice. So Jesus Christ's blood is not representative of what causes families to break apart. Alcohol destroys families, okay? Alcohol causes people to do things that you can read in the Bible. They're not convenient to our lives, okay? I don't believe that alcoholic wine is representing the pure, forgiving blood of Jesus, okay? And I would have a hard time because then the more of it you have, the better you should feel, right? But no, it was just now grape juice has got a lot of sugar in it, but man, it's good stuff. So, so the Bible says that we are to partake the bread and the wine. Now, I didn't know this until I read a book about Martin Luther. Catholics don't believe that if you're a if you're not a priest, you're not supposed to drink the wine. You're just supposed to take the bread. Really? Because Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 27, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink ye all of it, everybody. I want everybody to partake. Brethren, we need to partake of the blood of Jesus Christ. It is the blood of Jesus Christ that washes away our sin. And I was like, I never knew that. I grew up Lutheran. So you get both, right? You get the bread and the wine. But Catholics, only the priests have the wine. And everyone else just gets the bread. But Jesus plainly said, everybody, I want everybody not only to have the bread, which symbolizes his body, but also the wine. Now, one more thing that Jesus said that Paul relates to us. It's in verse 25. This do ye as oft as ye drink it. That's the frequency of communion. And it's a good question. Say, preacher, I don't see the communion set up here, and we haven't had communion in years. Well, the Bible doesn't say to have it every Sunday or every month or every year. Early church had it probably every, every time they came together. They were always having communion. But the Bible didn't assign to have the Lord's Supper every Sunday. And there's a reason why I don't do it every Sunday, because it gets to where people lose the meaning and the seriousness. And we're going to go to, there's a, the Lord's Supper is serious business. So it's a serious business. So, and we're going to see what the Bible says about it. But he said, as often as you drink it, and I believe we ought to do it as a church. I believe uh, teaching about it is important. But he said, the reason we do the Lord's Supper is in remembrance of Jesus. Not just to remember Jesus, but to remember that he died on the cross. That his blood and his body were sacrificed for our sin. So that's the specifics of the communion as the way that ye remember it. And Paul said, For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death 
till he comes. So it's a serious thing remembering and proclaiming that Jesus died for you through this act and through this remembrance of communion. Verse 27 to 29. This is the reminder of the seriousness of serving God. For whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Let me just read two more verses. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation. That's pretty hard, right? To himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So there's a few things in here. It says unworthily. So if you eat and drink and have communion and your life is not in accordance with God, if you're not walking by faith, if you're not taking God seriously, then if you're not living a life that is worthy of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Now I understand we're growing and we're not perfect, but the Bible said, wait, let's stop and think about it. Let's think about our life. You know, do I leave, do I leave church and go out and about and do my own thing like everybody else? Or, or am I walking with God? So it's a time to examine our life. And it says here, uh, not discerning the Lord's body. And that's what the Corinthians were doing. They were having this big feast. Everyone was eating. And then they were going right from that. Bread and wine. And then they were, you know, it was like one thing to the other thing. So it was like the Lord's Supper was just like potluck continued, right? It wasn't anything special. And there's nothing wrong with the potluck. We have them all the time. But we separate the potluck. You know, everyone's not like eating. You know, like dinner in a movie where you have the mystery theater and everyone's like eating and watching at the same time. We don't have that where people are eating ribs and stuff and singing and using the ribs to, you know, and we're singing songs and, and worshiping God and moving the ribs back and forth. Like, hey, brother, pass me the ice. You know, when the preacher's preaching, that's what they were doing. It was all mixed up together. And not discerning the Lord's body means not making a difference or distinction between the Lord's Supper and just the common food. There was no change or no discernment that one was just eating and one was a serious, uh, a serious part of the service of God, which is the actual communion. And then in verse 30, it says, for this cause, not discerning the Lord's body. This is serious. Many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. What, you mean they ate too much turkey? No, it means they died. That's what it's talking about. It doesn't mean that they went to sleep on a Tempur-Pedic. It means that they died. And the idea here, okay, in verse 30, is that when you're taking communion and when you're, and you're coming before God, is we need to have faith in the death of Christ to lay hold on his benefits. I'm not talking about that God's going to strike you dead if you have, you know, you know eat, have communion and you're not. We'd all be in trouble, right? But there's going to be time when we face things in our body, when we face physical attacks on our body from the devil. Okay, that's the devil. But we need to lay hold. The Bible says the Corinthians, they weren't laying hold on the benefits of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24, look, about the, look at the crucifixion of Jesus, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. What is that? Communion. It's remembering his death. That we being dead to sins, that's a new life, 
should live under righteousness. Now listen to this. By whose stripes ye were healed. When you take that body and blood of Jesus Christ, you have to... You have to lay hold. Sometimes we need to lay hold on the promises of God. And the Corinthians weren't doing that. And Paul said, some of you are sick and some of you died because you forgot to lay hold on the power of Jesus Christ. And I, I would say it was different, but that's exactly what the Bible says. He said, some of you died. That's pretty rough, isn't it? Man. But we need to lay hold on Jesus. Brethren, sometimes... I've, I've been to where sometimes you just got to plead the blood. Sometimes you just got to get to where God is and just like, God, touch my body. God, touch, do something in my life. And God can. And that's what Paul's saying that we need to do. Verses 31 to 32. One of the things uh, for if we would judge ourselves. And you know what? We should not be judged. You know what? That's one of the best things we can do. If you ever get frustrated at your wife or your husband, judge yourself first. Before you go yell at your kids, say, wait a second. Am I yelling at my kid because I stepped on a Lego or am I yelling at my kid because I had a bad day? You know, sometimes we yell at our kids just because we're embarrassed, right? Because the kid acted up. But there's really other things. But first, if I can judge myself. It didn't say judge your nasty, you know, uh, this or that or your employer or your wife. It said, let's look at our own life. You know what? If I look at my own life, everybody else starts looking better. You know, because I start saying, you know what, God, I can fix that. I might as well forgive everybody. <laughs> But it says, but when we are judged, verse 32, so if God corrects us, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. You know, the Bible says uh, that God corrects his children in the book of Hebrews. And if God does correct us, brethren, I've been corrected by God. I've been corrected over the pulpit. I've been corrected by a preacher. I mean, like, I've been corrected, even incorrectly corrected. You know, where the preacher, I don't think, was, was right. But uh, let me tell you, the Bible says, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous. No one likes correction, okay? But grievous. Why'd you have to do that, Paul? But it says, nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. You know, I was driving in San Diego some years ago, and this person came the other way, honked at me. Beep! And I'm like, what's this guy doing? People are very nice down here, right? Next person drives the opposite way, and he comes by me, and he honks. Beep! And I'm like, what's up? Two people! And then I begin to look around. I was driving the wrong way on a one-way street. <laughs> what were they doing? I, I thought it was grievous until I realized, wait, they were trying to help me. Not get killed, okay? And then I was like, my view of them changed. I'm like, oh, thank God that they honked their horn even though they thought I'd probably react wrong until I really looked around and said, oh, wait a second. I need to change, right? And then I was thankful. And I still tell that story so you can realize that your preacher has some, some issues in the past, right? Verse 33, wherefore, my brethren, and he tries to end on a good note. When you come together to eat, if you have a feast, Wait for one another. And if you come together for the Lord's Supper, when we have the Lord's Supper, what I'll do is we'll, have, we'll hand out the bread, which is the body. Everyone just hold it. And then we'll hand out for anyone who wants to do it, right? And if you don't want to receive communion, if you're like, you know what? I'm going to skip this time. That's completely okay. And then we hand out all of the, the little cups, those little tiny one-ounce cups. And... Um, 
we all take communion together. It said, tarry, wait for one another. We're doing this as a body of Christ, right? And that's one, one thing that the Corinthians weren't doing. And he said in verse 34, if you're hungry, if any man hunger, let him eat at home. That ye come not together into condemnation. He said, and the rest I'll set in order when I come. There was more to deal with. Next Tuesday, I want to deal with spiritual gifts. They're the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're for all believers. And the Holy Ghost is the agent, the one that acts. And we're the one that just manifests the work of the Holy Ghost. It's awesome. It's kind of the best treatise or explanation of the gifts of the Spirit in the whole Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So God bless you is our prayer. Uh, church on Thursday, we're going to have a good time. Come be with us. New people are coming. Pray for them. And thanks to everyone who's talking to folks. I walk and I see different people talking to new people. Brethren, that makes them want to come back. I saw like um, uh, Brother Velez talking to, to new gentlemen and, and uh, some folks were talking to another lady that was new. And I'm really thankful. That just shows friendliness of a church. So it's a real blessing. That's what people want in a church. Not just the choir and everything and the kids' programs, but someone to talk to me. I don't want to just walk in and, and walk out and nobody recognize who I am. People need fellowship. Amen. And it makes you feel good. Maybe you'll meet someone that you like. Maybe you'll make a friend. It'll be a blessing to you. Amen. Reverend Patterson, could you dismiss us? Hey, hey, God bless you. And we're going to be having communion coming up. Coming up to a theater. I know, to a church near you. New Testament Corinthian Church. Oh. Brother, would you please play? Please Father, play. Tonight, pray. Sorry. Pray, not play. Sorry, brother. Please pray. Heavenly <laughs> Father, we thank you tonight for this, this Bible study, for the teaching of your word. Father, we just pray and ask right now that you bless each and every one that is here. God, let us hold on to that which was taught here tonight in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Amen.